Hey guys, welcome back to Never Forgotten Moments in History. This is going to be a part two of Anne Frank. This is going to be a shorter segment than the first one. I just kind of ran out of time, so I wanted to make a part two to go over a few things that I thought would be interesting to you guys. I wanted to go over some fun facts about Anne Frank that I thought you guys would find interesting, and I also wanted to share the daily routine that the people of the secret annex had. So Anne Frank was in hiding for 761 days. And although each day was different in the secret annex, their routine pretty much stayed the same. It made life a lot easier for them as they were so crowded in that small um, annex. So in the morning, um, they around 6.45, the Van Pels would always have their alarm set for 6.45. So they would get up, and Herman Van Pell was the first one that would go to the bathroom. He would put the kettle on for coffee, and he would spend his morning routine in the bathroom, and it would take about 15 minutes. The bathroom was then free to the next person. And the next person that was usually up after the Van, Herman Van Pell was usually Fritz Pfeiffer. So he would take his turn in the bathroom. And then Anne would get up and she would remove all the blackout curtains from the windows. And everybody in the secret annex would then take turns using the restroom and getting around for the day to have breakfast. So around 8.30, the men that were in the warehouse, they would start their day working. And although the people that worked in the office, they didn't um, show up until later on in the morning. So there were, since there were people working in the warehouse that weren't aware of the people that were in hiding in the secret annex, it was really important that the people in the annex would stay quiet. And most of the time they wouldn't wear shoes, they would wear socks around the secret annex. So their footsteps were a little bit quieter. Um, around 9 o'clock, the helpers would start showing up um, that worked in the office. So the people in hiding, you know, they would walk around quiet. They would still be walking quiet. They had to do this all day long until everybody went home from work. Um, during this time, in the morning after breakfast, they would usually devote their time to, like, studying or reading and then they would prepare for their lunch. So Edith and Augusta usually were the ones that prepared the lunch. And around 12.30, the warehouse workers would go home for lunch. And the helpers and people in hiding had the place all to themselves for a short time until around 12.45. So at this time, a few helpers would um, come up to the secret annex, and they would actually have lunch with um, the families in the hiding. Meep Gez usually stayed in the office to keep an eye on things. She was one of the ones that knew about the people in hiding, so she would kind of stay downstairs, you know, make sure that everything was okay, no one was coming in, and so, and if they did, she would be able to, you know, alert them in some way. So it was really nice for the people um, up in the secret annex to be able to have lunch with some of the people that 
were non-Jews that were also helpers to them because they got to see and visit with people from the outside world and it gave them, you know, some normalty. So around 1.15, they would eat their lunch and then the workers would go back to work, you know, around 1.45. In the afternoon, um, most of them would, you know, take a nap or, you know, Anne would spend her time studying writing in her diary and at four o'clock they would have a coffee time and Edith and um, Augusta would help prepare for dinner. So at 5.30 p.m. everyone went home that worked in the warehouse. There was a few helpers that would stop by the annex before they would go home to see if they needed anything and make sure that everybody was all right. Um, after she um, had gone home, the people that would help them, usually it was meet guests, she would stop by and, and see if they needed anything. So after she would go home, the people in hiding, you know, they didn't have to be as quiet. They didn't have a lot of restrictions or living on edge, you know, whether they were going to be heard or, you know, they couldn't move much during the daytime. You know, you'd always you would almost think it would be easier to flop your routine to make make it to where you would sleep during the day and be awake at nighttime. It would be so much easier because then you wouldn't make much noise while you were sleeping. So I wonder if they ever thought about that, but that's kind of interesting. In the evening, Herman Van Pels would look at the day's post. Peter would be sent to get the bread that would be left for them in the office. Some of the helpers would often leave food, you know, down in the office, and then at night they could just come down and, and get it for dinner or whatever they needed it for. Otto Frank would write, spend his time writing business letters on the typewriter, and Margaret and Anne would do administrative chores for him and help him. And, of course, the women, Edith and Augusta, they would be in charge of preparing and cooking the dinner and cleaning up the kitchen, stuff like that. Um, their evening routine after dinner would be, they would kind of all sit in their little living quarters and they would read, talk, or they would listen to the radio. Um, around 9 p.m., they would start preparing for bed. And the furniture that they had out during the daytime, they would move it. So in the morning time, they would just take turns, you know, moving that furniture back where it goes. And they would put the, at nighttime, they would put the blackout curtains up. And then at night, in the morning, they would remove the blackout curtains. So in the, in the evening, they would also take turns using the bathroom and getting ready for bed as they would in the mornings. Every day when the sun went down, the windows were blacked out. So after the secret annex um, went quiet, um, there wasn't much noise to be heard. Uh, the next morning, the alarm would always go off at 6.45 by Herman Van Pell's alarm, um, except on Sundays. On Sundays, they didn't go, they didn't get up at 6.45. They usually got up around 8 a.m. Um, their routine was slightly switched up on this day because this was the day that they cleaned the secret annex. They would assign chores to certain people to scrub the floors, sweep, and wash their clothes, wash some of their dishes, things that were a little bit more loud that they couldn't do during the daytime, and would 
write in her story, um, and she would call it Sunday. So she always would write little short stories in her diary and call them Sunday. The people in, in hiding were slow at getting around on Sundays. It was kind of the lazy day. Um, the first one to get up was always Fritz Pfeiffer. He got up and would go to the bathroom. Um, he would pray for about 15 minutes. And then after he was around, the Franks would have their turn um, for the bathrooms or whatever they needed it for, needed to do um, within the secret annex. So breakfast did not start until 11.30 a.m. on Sundays. And after around three hours, everyone would get to work scrubbing, uh, doing cleaning the carpets, doing the laundry, making their beds, making sure all their chores are, are done and everything is tidy and just clean and ready for the, the next week. So after a short break during they, which they would listen to the news and they would clean and tidy up, would continue and they would finish that about two o'clock. So after another radio station that they would listen to, they would listen to like a program on that radio station or a music program and they would drink their coffee. They would go back to bed for a few hours. And Anne always mentioned in her diary that she didn't understand why adults um, had to sleep so much. She, she didn't like that, having to sleep so much. But Anne mentions that the most miserable day of the, the week was Sundays. She didn't like that. Maybe because she had to clean. But she mentions, in quote, I wander from one room to the next, down the stairs and back up again, and feel like a songbird that has had its wings torn off and flies against the bars of its cage into total darkness. Outside, fresh air and laughter. A voice inside me screams. I don't even try to answer anymore. I lie down on a divan and sleep in order to shorten the time. The silence. The terrible fear, too. Because there were... Because there is no question of killing them. End quote. Okay, so now that we've went over, like, their typical day in the secret annex... Let's go over some fun facts that maybe some of us don't all know about Anne Frank and her family. So Anne's first name was not actually Anne. It was Annalise. Her full name was Annalise Marie Frank. So that's a fun fact. Um, the Frank family were originally German. They had moved to the Netherlands when Anne was um, at a young age due to the Nazi rising anti-Semitism, Otto had moved his family and his business to Amsterdam in autumn of 1933. His company had sold spices and pectin, and this was the use for manufacture of jam. Anne's diary was a 13th birthday present. Anne had actually seen the book in a shop window and told her father that she had really liked it. And her father picked it up and gave it to her for her 13th birthday. And she decided to turn it into a diary. This diary was published on June 12th, 1942 in Holland. Just a few weeks before her family um, had went into hiding, her father had taken a look 
at this book at the store when Ian wasn't with him, and he picked out the red checkered autograph book, and he bought this on June 11th, and she began writing in it in, on June 14th. So that's a little, that's interesting about her, um, her diary and how it came to be. She celebrated two birthdays while living in hiding. Anne's 14th and 15th birthday, she was in the secret annex. She was still given presents, but only by the people that were living in the hiding place. The helpers um, helped get the gifts from the outside and brought them in so that she could have some new gifts and new things to enjoy while in hiding. Um, she One of some of the gifts that she had got were a Greek and Roman mythology book. And Anne had received that on her 14th birthday, as well as a poem written by her father, which was also copied into her diary. So I believe that that was published along with her diary. Anne wrote two versions of her diary. When Anne had decided that she wanted to write um, in her diary for it to be published, she decided to start start all over, but yet she didn't like destroy anything that she had previously wrote. Uh, her first version um, began in the autograph book that she had received for her for her thirteenth birthday, and then it had she had ran out of room, so she had started using um, notebooks, and she used two notebooks to fill that up after she ran out of room in her diary. So, since her last entry in the autograph book which was dated December 5th, 1942. And the first entry in the first book was dated December 22nd, 1943. It, people think that there are some volumes that have been lost, some information, um, some pages are missing because that's a, a long period of time for Anne to not have wrote in her diary. And rewrote her diary in 1944 after she had been inspired by a person that she heard on the radio while in hiding. So, so she had decided at that time that she wanted to save her diary and publish it as a wartime diary. She thought that these um, documents and her diary documents would help help people during the suffering, uh, understand the suffering of the Nazi occupation once the war was over. So in her second version of her diary, she adds new sections to it, and the second version includes entries from December 5th, 1942 to December 22nd, 1943. So that's really interesting about how, you know, she had two different versions of her diary. And yet people often wonder, you know, where's that section at that's missing? But no one ever found that. Um, we do know that Otto left certain portions of her diary out in the first um, edition of her diary when it was published because he didn't want some of the things that she had wrote in there to be published because they were personal to her and some of them were about Edith and and Anne and their relationship which is her mother and they didn't always have the greatest relationship and Otto didn't want that out there for the world to see but later on all that stuff was I think published but that stuff that was mentioned where, where there was like a, a huge gap between her entries Nobody knows where that has went. In Anne's diary, she called her she called her diary um, Kitty. So she wrote to Kitty, like Dear Kitty, in her diaries. Um, it was like her imaginary friend that she wrote when she was writing in hiding. 
Um, there's been some debate on whether Kitty was inspired by a real person that Anne had known in her life prior to the war, or if Anne, you know, just had it made up that name, or nobody really knows where the inspiration came from for her to dedicate the diary to Dear Kitty. The residents of the annex were arrested on August 4th, 1944. It um, was commonly thought that someone had called the German security police to notify them that Jews were, Jews were living in the premises of Otto's business. However, the identity of this color has never been confirmed, and in, there's been theories that suggest that Nazis may in fact have discovered the annex by accident while investigating reports of ration coupons, um, fraud, and illegal employment at Otto's business. It is unknown. The reasoning behind why the secret annex was discovered, or how, or who, um, following their arrest, the um, people that were living in the annex, they were taken to Westerberg trans Transit Camp in the Netherlands, and then they were taken to Auschwitz Concentration Camp in Poland. And of course, Anne and Margaret ended up at Bergen-Belsen Concentration Camp, which that was all in part two that where they you know their stories and where they ended up and what happened to them Anne died in early 1945 the exact date of her death is unknown she either died in february or march of 1945 and it is said that margaret and Anne had contracted typhus at brook and belson and that they had died that they did die around the same time period just a few weeks before liberation, which is so heartbreaking. So Anne Frank's father was the only resident of the annex to survive the Holocaust. So Otto is the only survivor of the Frank family and out of everyone that was in the annex. He was held at Auschwitz and he was liberated in January of 1945. After he was liberated, he did return to Amsterdam and during that time, he learned that his wife and his children had passed away. He learned that his daughters had died in July of 1945, is when he found out, after he had met, met with a woman from Bergen-Belsen. So imagine going that whole time period, January to July, um, not knowing where your children were, if they were alive, um, if they were recovering in some camp that the Red Cross had set up. That's just, that's extremely sad and I couldn't imagine. So the 10th, the 10th um, random fun fact for Anne Frank was her diary was published on June 25th, 1947. Following the rest of the annex, Anne's diary was found by Meep Gaze. She kept, um, she kept this diary and protected it and hid this diary until she was planning on giving it to Anne after the war. But when Anne, she learned that Anne had not survived the war, she decided to give it to Otto Frank. And obviously, you know, Otto was very overwhelmed by what he had read, that his daughter had passed away. You know, it was hard for him. He didn't read it for quite some time after he had received the diary. He just, he wasn't healed yet. It was a lot for him to take in. So Anne Frank's sister, Margaret Betty Frank, she also wrote a diary. 
her diary was never discovered. People often think that the SS officers probably destroyed it due to they didn't want any evidence to survive the war, any evidence to what they were doing and what they have done to the Jews and, and all that stuff. So she did write a diary, and it's just sad that we couldn't learn from her that what we you know have learned from Anne and knowing that by discovering her diary, we could have figured out you know, what kind of person she was, how her life, how she's seen her life while she was in hiding and how she's seen the war and what her thoughts were on that. And just knowing her as a person would have been really neat. And Frank and her family went into hiding after her sister was summoned to a German work camp. So that's when, you know, Otto Frank decided that it was time for his family to go into hiding above his business is where they had made the secret annex. So that's a fact about that. Four other Jews lived in the secret annex alongside the Frank family. So Fritz Pfeiffer was a Jew and Augusta and Herman Van Pels and their son was a Jew. So they were all, they were all Jewish and they all lived in the secret annex. And Frank spent a total of two years and 35 days in hiding. During this time, she was able to see the sky, unable to see the sky. She couldn't feel the rain or the sun, walk on grass, or for, for to even feel the air on her skin or to have a breath of fresh air for any length of time. And focused on studying and reading books of European history and literature. She spent a lot of her time caring about her appearance, her curling, you know, her dark curly hair and manicuring her nails and list, you know, made, she made list of her toiletries that she had needed. Um, she also wanted to become a famous writer while in hiding and hoped that she would one day be able to return to school. And her dream was to spend a year in Paris and another in London. And she wanted to study history of art and become fluent in different languages and she wanted to just see beautiful dresses and do all kinds of exciting things. She had a really big mind for her age. Huge, huge mind. Very, very intelligent girl. Anne wrote in her diary after listening to a BBC broadcast. She rewrote her diary. She made the second version of that, which we had mentioned you know, previously about her having the two versions of her diary. That was one of the one of the facts. Um, the Franks were discovered just two months after the Allied landings in Normandy. So by listening to daily broadcast on the radio, Anne's father Otto Frank had able was able to follow the progress of the Allied troops. So he had a small map of Normandy and he marked with little red pins. And on Tuesday, June 6, nineteen forty four, Anne excitedly wrote in her diary, "In quote, is this really the beginning of the long?" awaited liberation, end quote. Tragically, it was not. And two months after the Allied landings in Normandy, the police discovered the Franks in their hiding place. Anne Frank's diary was rescued by Meep Gez, her father's friend and secretary at his business. On August 4th, 1944, three days after Anne's final diary entry, the Gestapo arrested Anne together with her family and all the other people that were in hiding. 
they were betrayed by an anonymous source who had reported their existence to the German authorities. Otto's secretary, Miepkes, who had helped the Franks go into hiding and visited them a lot, retrieved Anne's diary from the annex, hoping to one day return it to her. So these are just some of the facts that I kind of wrote out. I know some of them kind of run together and some of the information's in the other facts, but, you know, I wanted to read them all that I had that researched and wrote out, and I will put the sources that I have gathered these facts from in my show notes of my podcast, so you guys can go and look them up if you'd like to know any information or just see them yourself. There, It's just really interesting to look up some of these fun facts. Anne's father had initially been unsure about publishing her story when he returned to Amsterdam following the liberation of Auschwitz, learning of his wife and wife's death, and then in July of 1945, he learned of his daughter's deaths. It was just really hard for him to even read the diary. Otto later recalled, end quote, I began to read slowly, only a few pages each day. More would have been impossible, and I was overwhelmed by pain, memories. For me, it was a revelation. There was revealed a completely different Anne to the child that I had lost. I had no idea of the depths of her feel- thoughts and feelings. End quote. After initially feeling uncertain about the publishing of his daughter's diary, he did decide to fulfill Anne's wish of having her work published. And the diary of Anne Frank was first published in the Netherlands on June 25th, 1947. So Anne's dream, you know, came true thanks to her father, Otto. All right, guys. So thanks for tuning in for part two of Anne Frank's story. Um, I just wanted to go over those facts with you guys and go over the daily routine of the people in hiding during their time there in the secret annex. My next episode will also be over a Holocaust survivor, so stay tuned. If you guys haven't listened to Anne Frank Part 1, go listen to it. It's amazing, it's interesting, and you guys are going to love it. So, I will see you guys next week. I hope you guys all have a blessed day.